Welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others, are Catherine Marino and Gail Zalitsky. Hi, Gail. Hi, Catherine. Here we are at our second Get Real Conversation. That's right. It's hard to believe that it's been 15 episodes since our last one. It is. It's hard to believe all the things that have happened in the last, since those, during those 15 episodes. I know. We're still dealing with COVID and the coronavirus and right. so many other things, right, that have happened. Yes. Yes. I suppose what's foremost on our minds yours and mine, and everyone else in the country, perhaps the world, is the um, unfortunate passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. So we want to, I think we want to just take a few minutes, don't we, and just talk about that? Absolutely. What she's meant to us. Yeah, yeah, you start. Well, I, you know, I, I'll, you and I both had, had a, a fantasy, I suppose, be a fantasy, that we would be able to interview her. Yes. Or as yeah, one of our yes. you know, guests, but that, that doesn't come, it's not going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I was kind of looking around and realizing that I, I, sh I have read her, her autobiography. I've read books about her. I've read Sisters-in-Law, which is about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sandra Day O'Connor. And mm -hmm. um, it's, she, she's just loomed large for me over the last number of years. And mm -hmm. so I'm wearing this collar, or this pin, which oh, is a yeah. collar. Uh -huh. I think Kathleen actually gave this to me. Kathleen Taylor, who's one of our guests. Right. And it's the descent collar. Ruth, Justice, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has a special collar she wears on days when she descends from decisions from being handed down by the Supreme Court. Justice Ginsburg wore her dissent collar on November 9th, 2016. And then profits go to um, different areas, including the Center for Reproductive Rights. So I was delighted to, to find this. I've kept it in a special place. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I just love it. That's great. And, and there I see behind you, you have a, a Ruth Bader Ginsburg moment. I do. And um, so I... Uh, Judith DeVries gave this to me. Another uh, guest. One of my Christmas gifts. I don't know if I... Okay. Uh-oh. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Such a, such an important just, message, isn't it? It does. I, to me, it just kind of says it all. I've had this um, in my living room so I see it many hours a day because I'm obviously home a lot and uh, yeah it's it, it, it does say it just keep keep fighting keep moving for what you believe in and but you have to have people be able to join you it's not and she was she was masterful at that yes she was really yeah, while we're talking about mementos and mm -hmm. to show you mine this is my. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that. Hold it down. Yeah, that's hope. That whole profile of her. The, the notorious RBG. This was <laughs> this was given to me by a 
dear cousin of mine, Deborah Robin, who is executive director of Jane Doe Inc. in Massachusetts. Oh. And a huge social advocate for women's rights. Mm. And so it's it's just so dear to him. Do you ever wear it? I wear it all the time. Oh, good. I've never <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen me wear it, I've right? Seen, I haven't seen, actually seen you for a long time in person. So that, that's true, right? <laughs> that's very true. So, so, yeah, I mean, there's just so many uh, areas that she worked on that are important to women. You know, just a minute, literally minutes ago, I got a, somebody sent a Facebook uh, thing to me. Mm -hmm. it says, women, if you have a credit card in your own name and your own credit history, mm -hmm. if you have leased an apartment or uh, bought property, property in your mm -hmm. name, if you have consented to your own medical treatment, if you played a sport in school, you can thank Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So true. And there's many, many more immigration and um, workers' rights and equality for women in universities and, yeah. and uh, right. Yeah. The, the um, what was the university? University of Virginia, where she, where she made that famous quote that was all about women if that you cannot judge women just because they are a woman you have to judge them on their capabilities the same way you would judge a man mm -hmm. and turn this into a male a co-ed university yeah right, right. For, for it was for the army military it had something to do with the military i know yeah yeah. It, one thing that's amazing about her is the following that she has, you know, developed over the over the yes. years of all ages, men, women, old, young, um, people just riveted by her. Just you know, she's to say that she's inspirational is really an understatement. Exactly. Do you remember? Well, when thinking about the collar that you mentioned, yeah. Do you remember the Dickies? That oh, yes. girls used them. to wear. <laughs> did, did you, you wear, wear them? them? I did. Oh I yeah, did too. It was very important to have just the right kind, right, <laughs> to 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 stick here. So that, yeah, mm -hmm. I always think of that when I saw her with her collars, <laughs> the dickies. But you know, one of the things that she really meant to me was her her purpose, her solid purpose of who she was and what she wanted to accomplish. And she just had such a clear vision for herself and that, that her core values were front and center all the time. And, and she never deviated from them. They were what they were and she was going to fight for them. And she, you know, she was a role model in the way that she was able to, it's just like what you read to us on your on your uh, memento that you have there. I mean, she was able to lead with her purpose and her vision, but then bring others along yeah. with her. It's a gift. Yeah. It was a gift, and she did that in such a a quiet, uh, steadfast way, in, in in and as inclusive as one can be when you're, you know, championing. Uh, paths that are not uh, yet very well traveled 
Um, but she's able to, yeah, she's able to do that. And, you know, the other thing that strikes me about her is the, the um, support that she had, especially from her husband. Oh, yes. And, oh. and uh, you know, that's, it's remar it's so unusual that at her in her day and age that she even was able to go to law school mm -hmm. and then when she applied for clerk positions was told no we don't women don't do don't hold those positions you can do the secretarial work and that of course didn't go over well and that was unacceptable but her her husband was was there as her champion, her advocate, her sponsor in so many ways. And, right. um, you know, I just don't know how she, if she would have been able to move the way she did without that kind of support. It would have taken her longer. Much longer. Much longer. I suspect she would have gotten there because she was that purposeful. Yeah. And, uh, but it definitely would have taken her longer. And her, and her husband was just so, um, un well, like you said, unusual in that he was willing to take a back, step back seat to yeah. her accomplishments and to getting her where she needed to go, though he was a very accomplished man yeah, in his own right. Sure. Right. Yeah. So. One of those unusual romantic um, uh, unions, isn't it? Just, yeah. Did you? I when I watched the documentary, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary, yes. I loved the way that um, they he they both were portrayed and the relationship that they that they had there, very mm -hmm. loving, um, just supportive and loving, and mm -hmm. yes, you you're. She has the, the intelligence, the talent, the passion, the purpose, as you were saying. Uh, so she had to do it. She had to chart that course. But very hard for women to be able to have both a personal, familial relationship and a hard-driven career right. like she had. Right. Highly unusual. Uh, yeah, I, it, it, we we just as you know we just interviewed someone today for the regular podcast and uh, and she was talking about wanting a to, wanting a life not just a career mm -hmm. and how supportive her husband was of her uh, agenda but she talked about patience mm -hmm. and saying I I have the support where we work as a partnership it'll be my turn mm -hmm. it was her turn. Um, and so I don't know that Ruth had a lot of patience, but <laughs> she, <laughs> but she, uh, you know, she took teaching positions when the, uh, the you know, as a, I don't know if it was an alternative to something else she wanted to do, but, you know, she just found ways to stay very active and involved in the issues, whether it was through being a clerk or being a teacher, you know, faculty member a researcher researcher yeah. yeah yeah and and she was patient too because initially she supported her husband and he got himself settled and all and then it was her turn yeah. and so you know it, it strikes me that 
that both the the woman we interviewed today and and uh, Ruth, Ruth, I feel like I'm on a first name. Oh, right, we know her. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, because uh, that that they they spoke to each other. I mean, these are women in their 80s, 70s, and 80s, and yet at that time when it was less common, they sought to have a partnership in a relationship, mm -hmm. and they spoke about it. They they made it happen. They considered and had children it. and raised children and raised children and talked about it, and um, I think that was kind of unusual then. I think it was unusual. Our, our person today, you know, was in higher education, mm -hmm. basically said, you know, she was could have been on the track to become a college president, but mo at that time, when she was on that track. There were, were few college presidents. Most of the women presidents were presidents of women's colleges, which, mm -hmm. which would be a fine thing to do. Mm -hmm. But they were they didn't weren't uh, they didn't have partnership and they didn't have children. Right, they it weren't was married. All career, all career. Yes, I know that was shocking. I know. Well, even when I was uh, starting starting out in higher ed, and I thought that I was on a, I really thought I would be on the track to not. I didn't want to be president. But to be an academic vice president, I thought I could really help shape an institution and mm -hmm. help it be more innovative and experimenting and serve people who are marginalized. And mm -hmm. uh, then I looked around to see who are the women leaders, and some had uh, families, but many did not. Mm -hmm. And the woman who I looked uh, was closest to me. Again, a husband who was extremely supportive and helped with the domestic uh, side of their life. So, mm -hmm. at any rate, I decided I didn't really like those that kind of politicking of. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but I, I for a long time I thought that, that I wanted to do it, and then I thought that I should do it because mm -hmm. there were few women leaders and people were, were encouraging me to do it, and then I agonized over it and I thought finally no this is not a good fit for me I have to contribute in other ways try to make a difference in other ways well you've certainly made a difference in your career yeah. yes <laughs> for sure as I who was your your uh, student yeah can I still think that's so funny because to say, oh, I was Gail's mentor at her graduate program <laughs> when you had far more experience than I did. And, and, and I'm older than you. And all these creative <laughs> things. Yeah. I got to follow along, follow you. Yeah, well, we um, were lucky. Very lucky. One of the things for which I'm grateful, that's for sure. Yes. Yes, I am too. <laughs> Anything else stand out for you about about Ruth or, you know, just, just, I'll never be a Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but, you know, what what about some of her qualities? Well, uh, I think she teaches with? us all a lesson. And she certainly teaches me a lesson, and that is to be true to your own desires and to not get swayed. In, in my earlier years, I, I was definitely swayed too easily by, um, by other, others in my life. And 
And I, you know, and I've, I've thought about that a lot, especially in the last 10, 15 years. And um, grateful to my second husband who supported me and, and uh, was just a great helpmate and, and believed in my career and everything that I was doing. But as a youngster, I did not have the same drive and purpose that uh, so many of the guests we've interviewed yeah. have had. And yeah. not, not just uh, Ruth. You know, we interviewed somebody else today who came from a small farm in uh, Minnesota. And she she just found her way into traveling around the world and, and getting out there and doing the things that she she wanted. We don't want to give away too much of these episodes. No, we're not naming names. So no, no names. <laughs> no, I, I really connected with her because we grew up in the, the um, kind of in the same vicinity and yeah, in Minas in the west central part of Minnesota, farm kids and yeah, it was. Uh, she said she she broke the script. I would say the well, there was a script. Um, but it wasn't a very appealing script. <laughs> so, yeah, I bet. But I don't think I had a, I never had a, a path or a, um, much of a purpose early on. I just, most of what I did to break out of the script was just a, a going against the grain. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really clear on why. I just thought I, I just, I knew I needed to. It wasn't like I was really going towards something with great purpose. Yeah. Until I was out of college, probably. Mm, something else we're similar about. <laughs> I was kind of a rebel <laughs> and a um, a tomboy for sure, a bit of a rebel, and um, yeah, and and lived life kind of on the edge for lots and lots of years, but never really knew why I was doing that. Yeah, or to what end I felt like I needed to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and anyway, she, she was just amazing and it's a shame we've lost her and, and the whole world is mourning her yes. as we speak. And, and I, I just want, I just want us, us, all of us to, to take the time to honor her, mourn her. And, and it's just appalling to me how within minutes the whole conversation shifted to who's going to fill her seat and the, oh, yes, all of that's going to, going to happen, but I just want to hold on to who she was and what she's offered. Right. Right. Yeah. There have been, uh, it's been noted that she passed away on Rosh Hashanah, the mm -hmm. start of the Jewish new year. Yeah. And someone who, passes away on Rosh Hashanah is considered to be of the righteous. Well, that's what it, what that yeah, is. Of the righteous. And so she'll always be remembered that way. Well-timed, Ruth. Well-timed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I've been thinking a lot about our Zoom gatherings mm -hmm. and the, the fabulous women that we've interviewed now, what's, Getting close to our seventieth episode. Getting close, mm -hmm. right? Well, we're we're going to be episode seventy-five. We are episode seventy-five. Oh, okay. And, and so, um, 
yeah, so we were that's where we are in the seventies <laughs> now. And uh and and we've been talking a lot with these women about the positives they found in in this period of pretty much isolation. Yeah. Uh, our last Zoom gathering was certainly uh, full of of discussion like that. But one of the things that I remember is that that women who have been so active and so busy and running like we do all the time have found some solace in the peace that of being alone with themselves yeah. more. It's uh, like this pandemic has given them permission to slow down, to, um, yeah, to be more reflective. Yeah. More. How about you? It's certainly given me permission. <laughs> well, I, I've, uh, I don't know. I, I think one of the revelations that's coming to me now is the, um, because I retired from my full-time work a, over a year ago now. Mm-hmm. And are you retired? Yeah, we will, <laughs> we'll put quotes around that retirement <laughs> thing. The pandemic has kept me home. So I'm, I, you know, I haven't been going out what I had imagined I would be doing, which is more leisure time mm-hmm. with friends and going, you know, taking advantage of the culture of the city, which I didn't as much as I wanted to when I was working so much. So the pandemic has really slowed that down, almost cut that out altogether. Mm-hmm. And so I'm home more and I've taken on more projects. So I'm actually busier than as busy as I've ever been. I'm just not physically running that? around. I've, I am starting to feel that I have said yes to too many good things. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're all, they're all things I, all activities, causes that I believe in, mm-hmm. I and contribute to. I've just put too many on my plate. Mm-hmm. So I've, I noticed I've started to feel some of what I d- did when I was working full time, which is a little too fragmented, a little too uh, feeling frenzied because there are these deadlines and I thought I wouldn't have to deal with deadlines when I retired. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking stock of that now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to finish up some projects in October and then say I've got like three major commitments. You have to ban our work for- being one, of course. <laughs> you have to ban the word yes from your vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, should I uh, follow your lead or uh, how are you doing that? <laughs> well, I've gotten better. I, I have gotten better. I, I have, um, uh, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur my entire life. And so, yes, I would used to go to an office. Yes, I used to have employees. Yes, I, I um I had deadlines and, and, and all, but I've been retired now, retired. I, I have been uh, out of, of that side of my work now for 21 years. Wow. And so for 21 years, I've been a business coach. And there's a lot of yeses I've said 
to things that I really should not have gotten involved with that just made life too, too frenzied. And I want to say that maybe in the last five years, maybe three years, (laughs) six months, maybe six months. (laughs) When did the pandemic start? About six months, six, seven months ago. (laughs) Right. Right. I have um, been working harder at at thinking about what I'm saying yes to, uh-huh. and getting out of getting out of what I say yes to that wasn't mm-hmm. the right answer. Yeah, I'll, I will take some lessons for you. Can coach me? Uh, yes, I'll coach you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks I think you know, part of there. part of what happened was I um, I get really excited about. learning new things, something I care about, and then it's a new learning opportunity. So that is very seductive. And I I like, if I like, and I like working with people, small small numbers, like one person or three people would be the most. Mm -hmm. Um, So then those relationships form. And then I get committed to the relationship as much as I do to the the cause. That's right. So it's a little difficult to, for me to, pull out or pull back yeah. and the other person may or may not care that much, but um, it's, it's a loyalty thing. I'm, I'm like a kid in a candy store. A- everything looks good to me. Yeah. I always want to be a part of everything, you know, and I like to get in there and, and, um, and start leading and, and, and making more out of, out of whatever it is. Yeah. And that's a hard habit to break. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I, I know we've been talking about that when we went on our re, we went on a retreat and we went to Indiana. Yes. How I long did. ago was that? Feels like years. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a big topic of conversation for both of us. Yes. And how do we, how do we, um, how do we, and then how do we make room for our work here yeah. with the podcast and the, the, the new developments that we're so excited about. And yeah, so part, part of it is the, for me, it's just, it's been the good, the good things have been growing. Mm-hmm. And now I have to decide where am I going to put my fuller attention? Right. Right. So, and what gives me, people keep saying, well, what gives you joy? What gives you this? Well, those are good questions purpose, joy, Mm -hmm. learning new things, like how to do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even with the podcast, we we have made so much more out of it than, you know, maybe others have made because we have so many moving parts now, right? right? With our Zoom gatherings and our podcast discussion club which is which is so rewarding and yeah i like that one too and creating a playlist and and all the things that we've been doing to make it better for our listeners so that they we are building a community right right so um i think both of us i like being uh, i like being part of a movement Mm -hmm. that was my basically my whole career was being part of a 
a movement and to um, be, be in more in, uh, innovative adult educa- higher education and yeah. experimenting and just making things more accessible for adult non-traditional students and doing it in the ways that made learn learning that they could learn not just to come in the door and then we'll have you do the things that 18 year olds do so I was always very um, felt like very entrepreneurial mm-hmm. and I, I hadn't really thought about that so much until you and I started talking mm-hmm. that much of that work really has been entrepreneurial yes um, so that is also uh, I think something that you and I share is that that spark <laughs> Or who we could maybe we, we could can do this. Do this. <laughs> we can we can learn how to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and finding people to to work with who can help make that happen. Exactly. Like our Christine, we couldn't do it without her. We really no, we truly couldn't. But um, she's amazing. So it's you know, it's yeah. You know when I think back. I, I I think you know this, but but of course our listeners do not, and and that is that creativity has always been a part of my life mm-hmm. from the very very beginning. Really, I've just always been a very uh, creative person in the sense of looking for new ways to do things and and always creating some new innovation that can make everything work better or be better. Mm-hmm. And so when we sold our first business and then we started an international gift delivery service for alcohol beverages it was a totally innovative program that was great for our customers because now they could they could send gifts of uh, alcohol wine and beer the same way that they you could send flowers all over Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um not sure why I started to talk about that, but <laughs> you were talking about being entrepreneurial, yeah, and entrepreneur, right, right, innovative and all, and so, mm-hmm. um, and and the same with our podcast, right? I mean, it's it's um, well, we've moved so many things online in these six months. That's number one. I mean, when we started out, we were we were uh, interviewing people. Um, well, we were using Zoom from the beginning to interview people. We did, but you and I were often in that little studio at uh, DePaul. Right, the 15th we were there. Huddled <laughs> <laughs> around that table. You were and always that, too cold. <laughs> always. It was freezing in there. I, I was, um, we, it never occurred to us not to do it together, in, in the right. room together. Right. But then we realized when we couldn't do that, that we can continue doing this. Yes, yes. We could be on Zoom and, and so that uh, so just learning Zoom and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite a quite a quite a road, quite a road. Yeah, the the um, you know you were talking a little bit about relationships and loyalties and building partnerships and and all of that and. Uh, and and I think you also mentioned that you know that's 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 what we're doing here with the podcast. We're building relationships in a community, but isn't it true that relationships are what makes the world go round? I think so. Isn't I, it? It is absolutely. It is. It is. It's it's um, it's the people you meet. Uh, 
yeah it's it's i'm just thinking about none of what i've done in my life could have been done without relationships no true the proper relationships yeah meeting meeting the right people uh people wanting to help um yeah yeah i think that's one of the things aspects that kept me um at, at the school for new learning for 36 years uh I liked being part of that larger movement. I liked teaching. It was the relationships with um, our students, mm-hmm. people like you, you know, just people who are so incredibly interesting and um, thank you, driven, purposeful, uh, made, you know, made things happen in their lives, and then just didn't have that credential, mm-hmm. and then came most of them pretty hungry to learn and accomplish even more so mm-hmm. it was you know being i made i've made some really good friends through that mm-hmm. um either colleagues and former students and um seeing sure. parts of chicago that i never ha- would have known about before and mm-hmm. yeah so i i missed that part but the the podcasts are doing that too because we're reaching women all over the country and some yeah. international Yes, yes, right. The the Zoom gatherings really are a place for women, these women from all over the world to come together mm-hmm. and, and talk with each other. And, yeah. you know, one, and, and a lot of them say that they're hungry for this kind of connection, right. this, this level of um, sharing, which I mm-hmm. think is unique among many groups that are, you know, that have formed online. Yeah, I'm part of several groups of women through various channels. Mm-hmm. I do think that the conversations that that we have on the Zoom gatherings, for example, um, are deep, are deep. I don't know if they're deep, they're, they're deep. Um, women are, they're so thoughtful. They had such a wide range of experience. They come from different parts of the country, mm-hmm, so right. they can bring those different perspectives. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of amazing to me how uh, revealing one can be at this kind of with this kind of distance. Yes, physical distance. Yes, right. I mean, I, I, I'm used to sitting in a circle, <laughs> whether it's students or, or friends, and uh, you can touch, you know, literally touch. But right. <laughs> uh, I'm, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it, it's growthful, I think, because mm-hmm. people are, you know, saying to, to, to find different avenues to be able to connect yes. in, in meaningful ways. And what's going on in the world at large? outside of our own small world right right is is very impactful at the moment and the ability to listen to great thinkers on topics such as racial justice and and women's equality and and uh, abuse all of that yeah. um, is just that that's that's an unusual uh, plus the, what's happening is not a plus. The plus is is being at home, uh, working from home, having the time to listen in on so many uh, podcasts and and uh, 
um, uh, streamed programs that yeah. that really bring intellectual thinkers together who can discuss these topics yes. because that's those are those that's their areas right and right. listening to a wide diverse diversity of of thinkers i that that has just been one of the most rewarding aspects of having to stay at home. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, I think I've, I know I've listened to more webinars in the last few months than I have my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and on, on a much wider range of topics than I would have mm-hmm. uh, before. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's all very interesting. Very interesting. And then there's Schitt's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i will add it to my list of programs to watch <laughs> you need to you really need to <laughs> take a break right take, take a, a break right let your let your brain rest right the the if it's good enough for them to win win emmys it's good enough for you to take a break and let your mind rest <laughs> well, I just I just finished with Ozark, so I, I guess I'm ready for a new one. Okay, well, I need that one. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we're, we're getting real. Right. Yes. So talk to you soon, Catherine. Okay, Gail, I'll look forward to the next uh, Get Real conversation. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.